Welcome to I've Got One. I'm Jim O'Connell. I'm Andy Sharavsky. It is Tuesday, March 24th. We're sitting in our living room looking at the street as increasingly more people run in the street. Just right down the middle. There are no rules. <laughs> There's puppies and people running in the street. This is a godless state. <laughs> just running down the middle of the road. Ooh, yeah, we're losing it. Um, yeah. I just listened to the latest daily episode. Go listen to it if you haven't. It's the most depressing piece of audio I've heard on this pandemic yet. But also good to hear, you know, the status of things. Sure. I guess. We went grocery shopping today. That was something. Yeah, they were wiping wiping everything at least. Yeah, they were wiping the self-checkout after each person, which like as someone prior to this who had issues with germs, I was like, if this were in a pandemic, this would be my fantasy. <laughs> but that's a, that's a dark thing to say at the moment. Speaking of dark things, today we're talking to our friend Brad Pike. Yeah, Brad is a performer at I.O. Chicago. He's also an amazing writer and has a very dark sense of humor, I guess is what I'll say. Um, yeah, and I think it's going to be really fun to talk to him. Is the thing happening again? Oh, the audio. We've been having an issue with like audio. Can you, Brad, start talking and we're going to talk while you're talking and see if the audio is working. Hello. Hello. Um, My horse is a virgin. Okay. I have a virgin <laughs> horse. I think it's working. I think it might be working. <laughs> Don't have sex with my virgin horse. <laughs> yeah, the audio is working. Thanks, okay. Brad. You sure? Are you sure? Do you need me to test it some more? Yeah, do one more. <laughs> My horse's hymen has not been God. broken. You're such a monster. <laughs> no. Already regretting calling you. Um, <laughs> well, how, how are you doing, Brad? Talk to us. What's going on? Um, I'm doing okay. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm not... Uh, I don't know when I'm going to get back to my job. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Wait, actually, I forgot. Brad, can you introduce yourself, what you do, and what, anything else you want to share with anyone? <laughs> with anyone? About, about yourself. <laughs> you know, with, with about 25 people. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm Brad Pike. Um, what, what else is there to say? Uh, I am an improviser on Devil's Daughter, and I work at IO Theater. Um, I write sketches for the IO Comedy Network and other places. Um, Word Brothel. Um, that's 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 me. <laughs> and so, yeah, you mentioned your job. How how's that? Like, what's the scenario? Well, unfortunately, I work at a uh, in an industry that requires people to gather in tight little uh, groups, sitting right <laughs> next to each other. Mm -hmm. um, in 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 quantities of over 185 sometimes so uh, it you know for the foreseeable future i don't know i don't even really know when they will be able to do 
when when is the next time people are going to be comfortable sitting in groups of 185 people packed into rows? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even when it's when, even when it's allowed, which like who knows when that's going to be? It's definitely not going to be within this two week period we're in. And then yeah. after that, I don't know if people are going to be okay doing that anyway. Yeah, even after, I, yeah, I feel like people are going to be so nervous for. I would say probably at least the next six months. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I would assume, yeah. What's sort of the mood around I.O.? What are people saying? Um, so unlike Second City and UCB, I.O. did not lay us off per se. They just said, um, we're going to be taking a break for two weeks. <laughs> you know, we're just going to be uh, shutting down for two weeks and, you know, just hold up. And... When Second City fired their whole night staff, I was like, what do they know that IO doesn't know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, then how are you feeling? Like, are you feeling nervous or how are you feeling? Pretty, pretty. I'm I'm nervous, but, uh, you know, I have a kind of sense of like, do you know how when you see a tornado in the distance and you're like, ooh, this is interesting. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, what's going to happen? Or like you look at the news and all the pink, all the pink radar, weather radar stuff is coming towards you. And you're like, "Uh oh, what's going to happen to me? (laughs) I totally relate to that. I do in like a sick way. It's like, I know it's awful, but there's a part of you that is kind of like, this is unknown. This is weird. Yeah, this will be so interesting how how terrible this is when it befalls me. Yeah, I mean, I have <laughs> I have really bad anxiety that I've been trying to work on the past two years, and a lot of it is based in like just the unknown. It's mm-hmm. like I've found in my life that if I'm actually in a bad situation, I'm pretty calm. But any situation where I'm like, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, it makes me nervous. So like, I'm also similarly like looking into the distance and being like. I don't because I don't have any idea what the outcome is and every single like reliable expert person who like could be giving us some comfort is also like really can't tell you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like driving it's me. Never, um, I live near a train. So if you hear a, a train go by, I live literally next to the train. So <laughs> every once in a while that you might hear a train. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's never it's this has never happened before, so no one really knows what the consequences might be. And then the other thing that I is very annoying to me is uh people on the news being like it's going to be inconvenient and it's going to be so annoying, but like you're going to have to stay inside and oh no, how are you going to fill that time? It's like no, 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 no. That's not what I'm worried about. You know, like yeah. I'm it's not inconvenient to not have a job. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not annoying to not know where your m- income is going to come from. Yeah, I feel like it's getting worse. It's getting worse and worse. And on like the, the headlines are getting more of like a serious tone. But even like a week ago, it was like lists of like 10 fun crafts to do. When yeah, you're yeah, exactly. The tone <laughs> is wildly off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, and I- it's like uh, all these. I think what it is, is you have all of these maybe rich people who are shaping the news and they're like, they can't even conceive of people that don't have savings. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't even really occur to them. 
or if it does, they think of them in this kind of like amorphous, uh, like, you know, poor people, mm-hmm. just general poor people. But mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 no that's everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think like in their minds, it's like, well, they'll be bored and they'll eat ramen, but it's like, no, I might lose my home. Like, it's- yeah, no, yeah. I, like, what you think the landlord is just going to stop collecting rent because there's a national emergency? These people are evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they feed on pain. Like, that's their real rent. They yeah. don't care about the money. The money is just a side effect of what they actually want, which is human suffering. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what a lot of this does feel like. I mean, today, even when it's like Trump wants to reopen, not to make make this totally political, but Trump wants to reopen travel. Is that what it was that he like? Oh, yeah. He wants to reopen everything. He wants everything to be back open by Easter. That's so fucked up. He wants us all to die as long as the Dow goes up. If if the Dow was made of corpses, he would pile them a thousand feet high. (laughs) God. Yeah, you're probably right. So what are you what have you been up to? How are you occupying your time? What crafts are you doing? Well, uh I mean, you know, as far as crafts, like uh I I I've been working on these like short stories that I've been hacking away at for like years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I have as much time as I want to devote to it. So I devote I procrastinate an entire day that I have nothing to do. And then in the last hour that I'm awake, I write on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, oh man, I don't even, I I have this one video, like this one comedy video that I made before the quarantine. And I've just been posting it in various Facebook groups because I got nothing else to do. (laughs) So I just keep posting it and posting it and posting it and posting it. And I've posted it like a hundred times to all these different Facebook groups. I wait for them to accept me into the group. <laughs> and I, and then I just like throw this in there. It's like throwing a grenade into a room and then shutting the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just perfectly nice people in a Facebook group. And I'm like, here's my content. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like that with content. Yeah. And then it's a Facebook group. So like, um, <laughs> So, or it's on, it's a Facebook video. So they don't even get a choice on whether they want to watch it or not. They're just like skimming through and it like starts playing (laughs) automatically. (laughs) So I'm a night owl. Mm -hmm. uh, And if allowed, I'll just keep pushing, you know, deeper and deeper into the night. You know, I'll just keep like staying up later and later unless Mm -hmm. I have something. And normally... I mean, under every other circumstance, I have something to wake up for. Mm-hmm. There has to be something, but there is nothing forever. <laughs> so I keep staying up later and later. A part of it is me procrastinating on these like short stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like staying up until 8 a.m. Oh just for no reason at all. <laughs> and then I'm waking at 3 p.m. and feeling like 3 p.m. and feeling like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can relate to that. Jim's looking at me like that's that's totally what I do too. I mean, I haven't made it to 8 a.m. but four. You will. <laughs> TikTok. TikTok. I mean, there's nothing stopping you. Yeah. 
and I'm a person who tries to like get on a regular schedule, but even I am pushing it. Yeah, you've been waking up later. Yeah, I could see it getting bad. Yeah, I 11 a.m. is my like current wake up time, which is pretty because my work has also slowed quite a bit. So, yeah, I mean, I have a similar. I think like what we've been talking to people a lot about is like having this time now to do creative projects that like you didn't used to have and i think oh yeah and then it turns out everyone doesn't feel creative when they're cooped up in their home right right so it's kind of horrifying yeah so it's like on the one hand you know some people can be like oh great now i have free time i'm gonna use this free time productively and creatively but i am definitely not the kind of person that can just sort of like flip that switch yeah, yeah. <laughs> on and so instead I do what you do, which is like, oh man, I got eight hours free today. Maybe I'll do something. And then in that last hour between like three and four AM I'll be like, Oh God <laughs> And then mm-hmm. like feverishly yeah. get something done before I pass out until noon. <laughs> yeah. Part of that is that I'm uh drinking coffee at night. Yeah, well that doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On purpose. You know, it's not an accident what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm doing it to myself. And I'm drinking it out of, like, you know, if I were to look at my bedside table, which I'm looking at, it looks like uh, someone who's on their way to a a mental breakdown because I have, like, all these minion minion coffee mugs full of coffee (laughs) that are, like, still, they're all half full of coffee because I just, like, drank half of it and then just left the coffee mug there. And they're just piling up because I have. There's no incentive to put them back because there's the only one holding me accountable is me, mm-hmm. and I have no standards for myself. <laughs> you live with roommates, don't you? Yeah, but they don't know. <laughs> no one's like, "Where's the minion coffee mug? Where are all the minion coffee mugs?" <laughs> no, they never ask about the minion coffee mug. Oddly enough. <laughs> Do you have one of those stories or, or any of them laying around that you can read? Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. Let me see. Hold on. Let me find. Okay, so these are like really, really short things that I wrote right before falling asleep. So just just kind of know that, oh, this one's pretty fucked up. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay, this one's called Nick. Nick. This one doesn't make any sense, but... It, Makes sense if you know I wrote it at 8 a.m. Okay, this is called uh, Naked Clown Museum. (laughs) Oh, my God. Whenever I misbehaved, my dad used to take me to the Naked Clown Museum. The Naked Clown Museum was an enormous warehouse filled with long corridors of dimly lit rooms, and in each room, a naked clown stood motionless, no expression beyond the caricatured one painted on its lips and eyes. Those human wastes who couldn't find a job, who graduated with creative writing degrees or worked in the theatrical arts, if they could not justify their existence to a government tribunal, they were sentenced to a lifetime of servitude in the Naked Clown Museum. The police would take their clothes, apply the face paint, and install them in the museum. If they moved, they were executed. If they spoke, they were executed. If they so much as raised an eyebrow, they were executed. Once after getting suspended for backtalk, my dad took me to the museum and he pointed to a clown with a penis painted to look like its face. See that, Mark? That's what happens to people who backtalk. Good, I said. I want to be one of them. My dad said, no, 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 they're, 
they're naked clowns, Mark. They don't make money. Their art form is meaningless. It's standing <laughs> empty room just as a clown. No, I love them, I said. I want to get naked and paint my face with makeup. The only people who think this is an art form are other naked clowns, shouted my dad. So, after that night, I practiced day and night for my future career. I spent hours standing motionless in dark rooms in my house at night. It was harder than it looked, but eventually I could stand for nine hours at a time without so much as flinching. Next, I learned how to apply clown makeup through six $400 workshops at the nearby community theater. (laughs) The look of barely concealed despair was the hardest to master. A slight crease to the forehead, lips pursed, watery eyes. One day, I finally announced my plans to move into the museum and become a full-time naked clown. My parents balked and wept and said, you can't become a naked clown. Naked clowns are born and is not something to aspire to. But I could not be dissuaded. I had made up my mind, had set myself upon the path. Once in the museum, the police led me to an an administrative office where the arbiter of value asked me to recite the clown pledge. I declare my life has no economic value to society. My mind is thoughtless and cannot do simple math without counting on fingers. My body is weak and cannot throw a football. My spirit is non-existent and I don't know the Bible. My lazy (laughs) entitlement is representative of my entire generation. I hereby submit my body to be a permanent exhibit so as to deter others from my path. Two guards then put on my makeup, took off my clothes and found an empty room for me. For the first few hours, I felt great. A few people stopped by to look at me, the new exhibit. They would look at my skinny body so pale under the flickering fluorescent light overhead, frown in disgust and move on down the corridor. Exactly the reaction I always wanted. But after countless hours of standing, my legs got sore and my eyes drooped. I wanted to lie down, but I knew I'd be executed. As it turned out, being a naked clown was much more difficult than I thought. And I was actually not just bad, but the worst naked clown in the museum. One day, a commission of other clowns came to observe me and render a verdict on whether I should be cut from the museum. I stood very still with a pitiful expression, my shriveled genitals, a monument to my worthlessness. The consensus was unanimous. Cut. The head of the commission put a rope around my neck and pulled me down a spiral staircase to the basement where the bad clowns go. Hundreds of bad clowns stood lined up in the dark like statues, their sad eyes staring up at us. I can do better. Just give me a chance. But the door slammed shut and I was plunged into darkness. A clown put a hand on my shoulder. Don't worry, he said. The commission has annual auditions once a year. The next one is in nine months. How do you sign up? I asked through sobs. (laughs) Oh, said the clown. Do you know what sign up genius is? Oh, my God. That's so good. Brad. (laughs) God. That was amazing. Thank I think you, we Brad. need to call Brad back as it gets darker. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, if this is where we're starting. We're only like at the beginning of this, Brad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm already pretty, pretty, pretty at rock bottom. <laughs> oh God, yeah, Brad. Oh God. Reading it, being like, I was sort of rereading it, and I was like, oh yeah, this is way worse than I remembered. <laughs> it was way darker. Is the mic thing? Happening? The ducking out? I don't yeah. know. I don't think it's happening. Okay. I think we're good. Who got my horse pregnant? <laughs> what is it? Check, check, check. <laughs> Who impregnated my horse? Let's see if it's, it's working. I think it might be working. <laughs> There's a horse fetus in my horse and put it there. <laughs> oh, God, Brad. I'm so glad we called you. I feel so much better. <laughs> Do you have another story? <laughs> um... <laughs>
Yeah, I do. I have another story. The, this one, this wasn't. This one is bad, but um, <sighs> it's funny to me. Um, so imagine. Okay, it, this one's very bad. Just know that. Okay, and uh, imagine I'm like taking you through the 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 Lincoln Park Zoo. Okay, and those are giraffes. Fun animal fact: giraffes can sleep standing up. So that's the end of my tour of Lincoln Park Zoo. But um, if you pay me an extra hundred dollars, I'll show you all the secret fucked up animals we only show to rich people. So follow me. Let's go. Let's go behind this brick wall. Just kidding. It's a door. Something they don't tell you in science class is all the animals can fuck each other. (laughs) So over here, we have a half hippo, half ostrich. Look, its neck can barely support its huge head. And over here, we have a zebra with a human face. Look familiar. (laughs) And over here, we have a warthog with a human face. Look familiar. (laughs) And over here, we have a crocodile with a human face. Huh? So a fun animal fact, I have sex with all the animals. So at this point, I, I stand on stage and I and I wait for the huge applause and I just like wait and I just keep waiting and the, yeah yeah. <laughs> Sharna stands up and Sharna's like, they they were all bad before this, but now this is the first good showcase I've ever seen. <laughs> Brad, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thanks so much. This really cheered oh. me up, like a lot. Seriously. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. Thank you so much for listening, and a huge thanks to Brad Pike for sharing his time and his 8 a.m. no sleep stories with us. <laughs> I will hesitate to ask any guests to help us check the sound again. <laughs> Stay safe. Wash your hands. Read the news, but take breaks. And subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Tell your friends we're doing this every day for the foreseeable future. And if you want to talk to us, let us know at I've Got One Podcast at gmail.com. Later. <laughs>